You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast on PodcastJuice.net. This is day four, 30 days of podcasting, yes, every day. Now, I'd say this, this is actually on day three, but this is going to be day four. I just recorded day three just before this, but yeah. So anyway, 30 days of podcasting, I told you, we are going hard. Hold me to the fire. We're going to do this. But today is All Prince Day, joined by the classics, the gentlemen, and a newcomer. First, we must go to my man, to the virtual left of me, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm great. This is why I love being a lawyer. I had a car problem last night. It is fixed this morning. Cost to me nothing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's the hookup. And to my virtual left would be big ken how are you sir i'm fine i thought big sex was at the virtual oh, left virtual left, well, left my two right brothers left. got to be on the left yeah <laughs> the man standing next to the man standing next to the man. man no i'm cool man i'm good to be on the show baby i'm cool all right um and then we have joining us today uh somebody new uh, he's definitely been listening to the show and he definitely uh, has a presence on facebook Mr. Rockabash, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. I broke this. I'm uh, getting back into playing bass, and I broke one of the strings of my uh, bass. And basically, I've been looking for new strings ever since. You know, you get so attached to, you know, your preferred, you know, things that's hard to accept anything else. All right. All right, strings. We're going to chip in and get you some strings, bro. We, gonna, we got you. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be talking about the debut. Well, actually, not the debut album. I think this is what her second Second-up. album. Andy Allo. Uh, so she has collaborated with Mr. Prince and her new album, Superconductor. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, and I will just say this up top. Uh, much props to you, Andy Allo. Uh, so we do this with love. All right. Uh, but before we get into that album, uh, there's been some things going on in the Prince camp, uh, Prince World. Uh, we're rounding out the end of 2012, and Prince has uh, sort of released a taser or teaser of a new song uh, called Screwdriver. And uh, there's also been some rehearsal footage that's kind of been surfacing uh, of him rehearsing with, I guess, another configuration of the NPG. It looks like this is an all-female band. Uh, you know, I even saw on the Oreos' all-female white band. I don't know if that's <laughs> if that matters, but it's interesting. Uh, so let's just go around the room, get some comments, uh, and then of course, uh, Prince has a song out, a recent song. Uh, was it Rock and Roll Love Affair? It has a music video. It's on sale. I believe on iTunes and Google Play and other places. Uh, and I believe there's also a physical disc of that, wherever that would be sold. So, got something out. Uh, so, we'll start with Big Ken. Uh, have you heard Screwdriver, a little bit of it that's out there? Yeah, if we're talking about the same thing, yeah, I heard, I, I managed to catch uh, a little snippet somewhere before it got taken down. It's kind of the heavy rock vibe, right? I mean, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I was just happy that it was something new. 
Oh, and I'm hoping that this leads to an album in 2013. Okay. Uh, you know, but yeah, I like what I heard, you know, from the little snippet there. You know, it piqued my interest. Okay. And there's also a little a video company accompanying it of it. That, yeah, uh, I saw that little just a little snippet of it, man. Yeah. You know, and the one I saw it was taken down like soon after. Uh Rocker. Uh have you heard the actually you the front one that mentioned it to me. I didn't even know about it. He was like, uh, Mike, you heard a screwdriver and what that? So, what's your take on it? When I first saw the uh, the additional uh, members of Hannah Ford and uh, Donna Gratis, he principled me of Miles Davis for some reason because Miles Davis was one. He back in the seventies, he had. A uh, what they call the stock exchange of players. I mean, Miles Davis had he had access to so many musicians all across the board. You know, uh, uh, in the USA and other countries, and it just seems like Prince. It seems like he's more into playing with other musicians, even more so than uh, releasing new music. If that makes sense. You know, I mean, that's the way I, uh, I, uh, my impressions, but the song itself, it's very dirty, very grimy. I love the music, but once I read the lyrics, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, some of the lyrics were kind of nonsensical and it didn't really go with the aggressive tone of the music. Okay. Big sexy screwdriver, not to drink. I like them both. You know, I like <laughs> the drink, and I definitely like the song. Uh, I like how he has, how he has started to incorporate newer musicians, and I like that the newer musicians have their own presence on Facebook. Um, one of the horn section guys, I forget his name, you know, was talking about working with the horn section, and Hannah's out there. And I'm sorry, Rocky, you mentioned the other woman's name? Uh, Donna Gratis. Uh, Donna. You know, Donna's out there, you know, with a presence on Facebook. And it's great because by playing with so many different musicians every so often, to me, it keeps them fresh. Now, personally, I miss, you know, Michael B. or uh, Rhonda, but he keeps bringing in players, and the common denominator is they can all play. If you can't play, you can't roll with him. It's that simple. And this little taste is something, in my opinion, of something huge coming up next year. Okay, yeah, and that's that's one thing I, I noticed. Um, it seemed like, well, I think one of the last shows he did in Chicago, I think uh, Big Ken went to, you know, he had the huge horn section, and, uh, you know, Andy Ello was in the band, different people. And now it seems as if already it's something totally different. That they seem to be gearing up for uh, for next year, which I, is interesting to me. Um, there's also a rehearsal audio footage of them playing uh, I Like It There. And uh, actually, I just, well, oh, I think we just lost Ken. Let me bring him back in. Hold on a second. Ken. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, hold on, sir. My bad. Somebody <laughs> called and put me on hold, baby. All right. Hold on. So, as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, we had a little te- technical flib there. 
Sorry about that. Excuse us. So as I was saying, uh, Prince is gearing up, it seems, for another tour with a new band. Even coming off the heels of working with the huge horn section and the band he seemed to just have when he went to Chicago. But I was saying when we got caught off that there's also a video, audio video of a rehearsal about I, I like it there. And I listened to that this morning and it's actually really good. Um, they kind of, there's like a little longer sort of section in there. Sort of reminds me of, uh, I could take the place of your man from Sign of Times when they kind of put that oh. little extended part in there and do the thing. This is surprisingly was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously you can see they're kind of going for a rock, di- rock edge direction. Uh, you know, my take on Screwdriver, I thought it was all right. It sounded like a lot of the sort of quote unquote Prince rock from the last few years sort of style. But it's just good that he's back and doing something. And I think uh, with these new people coming into the band, hopefully that just kind of gives him some new energy uh, and, you know, kind of put a new spin on some of these songs. Um, it's interesting that he's got a new guitarist now. His past guitarist well, was Andy Allo, uh, if we're not to be mistaken. But uh, here's somebody with more, probably a more aggressive sort of guitar sound coming in. Uh, so with that, we do have something to look forward to to next year. Will we see an album? I hope. Like, we didn't get no album this year. It wasn't, there wasn't an album last year either, was there? No. No. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we need, we need that, that, that album joint, man. It's time for the album to come back for Prince. Not just the one little songs here. Like, rock and roll... Um, Love of Fear. Okay, that's out now, but like, I mean, what is the point of that? Like, Unless it's going to be on whatever the new album will be, maybe, but... Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool little song, but I just, it seems a, a lot to do for just the one song that doesn't seem to really be getting pushed. Um, which leads us up to Andy Allo. So her new album is now finally released, and there was a little... <coughs> Uh, you know, seemed to be weird scheduling on when that thing was going to actually surface, but it has now shown up. It is for sale. Uh, it started out initially being for sale digital only, and now I believe there is a physical CD that is available. Um, I haven't, I don't have it personally, and I don't know if it's in like a wide distribution in the retail stores, but I'm sure you can probably buy it off of like Amazon and things of that nature. Uh, so let's just get into this album. Of course, this is an album that is a collaboration uh, with some production from Prince on there. And I have never heard her first album entirely. I've seen bits and pieces of videos. She's, she seemed to me like she kind of came from the, um, well, a little bit of the neo soulish um, coffee house, acoustic sort of a vibe with a little bit of hip hop stuff was in there on one of the videos and it sounded really pretty good actually this totally seems on a different vibe to me this is definitely some princes prince uh influence on here funk stuff so let's just get into it we're gonna start at the top and i will say this i don't know the full album what okay i choose to listen to the songs that i like (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and I have heard heard bits and pieces of the other songs, but 
So I'm gonna just preface that for myself personally to say that. Um, so I know. So superconductor. We'll start with big sexy and sack. I like Sarasota. it. I like it. Uh, the song just starts off good. And the thing is, I didn't know a lot about Andy before this came out. I had only heard a sample of the song Long Gone. And I thought, okay, she's got kind of an Anna DeFranco vibe going. No. I like Superconductor. It's it's a good, I hate to say this phrase, it's upbeat and happy. And the only thing I didn't like about it, I didn't care for the background vocals that much. They seemed a bit out of place, more like an old school traditional R&B background. And that really didn't fit <clears throat> with this song. And I thought it was a good way to kick it off because just from that one, one cut, I saw a lot more from her than I've seen from the opening song from Bria Valente or, or Tamar's CDs. And it tells me that she's bringing something to the table instead of just being cute. So she can actually play it, which is always good. Okay. Uh, Rock a bash. What's up with the superconductor? Um, <clears throat> when I first heard superconductor, the, uh, the first thing that struck me was the, uh, the juxtaposition between the soft piano melody at the, uh, at the top of the song and then Michael Bland's drumming and Michael Bland's drumming. I think Michael Bland is the best drummer that Prince has ever had, but Michael Bland, Michael Bland's drumming on this song, this is something that he could do in his sleep. I mean, he pretty much played the entire song playing uh, that 4-4 beat, and I just thought it kind of got repetitive. I was just waiting for Michael Bland to play some more drum fills. As far as uh, Andy Allo singing, I can uh, let us, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, is her name Lettucey? Lettucey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember she wrote something on her Facebook page, and she in her impression of Andy Allo's voice was that he could, she could hear where Prince kind of enhanced what was already there, and I can sense what what she was talking about because near uh, during the uh, chord where she sings super conductor, she emphasizes those syllables like exaggerating the way that a music conductor will conduct an orchestra. I thought that was pretty cool. And the, uh, the, the song's metaphor, you know, superconductor, you know, the transference of energy and the metaphor for, uh, for personal relationships and, and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of mystical stuff. That's kind of wacky if you want to believe it. But, uh, uh, bottom line, I just think the uh, it, and it's a good opener. It's not the it's not my favorite song, but it's uh, it definitely has Prince's trademark song from the from the lyrics to the uh, use of the piano and sense. It's a good song. All right, uh, Big Ken, what's your take on uh, Superconductor? Yeah, I tend to tend to agree. Uh, it's a it's a nice opening track, and, and like Big Sexy said, I you know I would use the word it has a, a whimsical feel to it. 
you know, that it has a nice little hook in it, you know, throughout the song and it kind of grabs your attention. It's a good opening number for the album. And it does kind of set the tone as to, you know, what kind of stuff you could reasonably expect in the album. And the only thing, other thing about it, 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 I could tell that Prince's influence was on this. It just seemed like right around three minute, 27 um, second mark, when it just the beat and this the bass line, it, to me, it just brought echoes of, of Dirty Mind, you know, for a slight, for a few measures, it kind of, you know, had that, that dirty mind type of style to it for for a minute, but overall it was a it was it's a nice track. It's a good opener for the album. Yeah, I, I would say uh, to me this song it immediately brings to mind Prince when I hear it. It, it just makes me think of like, uh, like almost I want to say like '86, you know, Dream Factory ish sort of that real sort of spacey kind of. Happy to be alive, uh, Prince vibe. Is, you know, I'm trying to think of songs that kind of have that vibe to it. If this was back then, I probably would have took more to this. For some reason, when I initially heard this, I wanted to turn it off. Not that I don't really like it, but it was just like I didn't think it fit for some reason. To me, it just seems so overtly Prince style that I don't really accept anybody else doing this. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> if that makes any sense but i mean i think it's a great track i'm curious to hear it live like for some reason i almost don't even associate this song with her which is odd because obviously this the title track of her album but i don't know it's just to me it, it is so much princeism in the style of it to me that uh it, it, i would say this it's an interesting choice to put on a person's album in 2012 in my opinion yeah I just I think it's so far away from like because I'm my first impression of her is people pleaser, I mean, you know the first single and to me that is such a definite Prince song but it's more of like what I would think Prince of funk sort of thing so anyway superconductor there you go uh, as we move along the second track people pleaser uh, first single it's got the video. Heavy horns, heavy Maceo, NPG. Uh, I really like this track. Again, it is such an obvious Prince sort of thing. Uh, I would love to hear him do this because this is a good song. I like it. Um, I think this is a good song. To me, this is just like classic sort of, here, let me give you one of my joints and get down. Now, again, this from what I heard her say, this sort of started out as her thing that she did, and Prince put his spin on top of it. And certainly, it's probably the case. But he put such a definite stamp on this that I'm like, okay, this is dope. And I've and I've heard this song performed live. I, I thought it was great. You know, I just feel like this song to me so much matches his energy or uh, or, or a like-minded artist's energy. Though, and I think she does great on this song. Even though I don't know her catalog, this sort of feels like this is not. Uh, I don't feel like it's really her as an artist. You know what I mean? Like, if that makes any sense. It's like if somebody was to just, if you're a rapper and like your next album, you were just coming on some like gangster stuff when you was more on some other stuff. Even if you did it great. I could still kind of feel like 
Uh, okay. MC Hammer. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but it's just it's not as as genuine because I know it, again. So if it was the rapper and they went to go work with Dre or something, I would know that really they're just doing some dope Dre stuff, or you know what I mean. Like in, in I know their, what I know what you're saying. You, you're right. This is this is a very funky track, but you and it is a good song. I love the tightness of the band, especially in the beginning with the mm-hmm. horns and all that. But you're right. It, it's it's too. What's the word? It's too overtly Prince. You understand what I mean? I mean, this is, you know, I it, they they basically did this at one of the Chicago shows, you know, and and it sounded, you know, and Prince, you know, wrecked the stage with it. But that's this is like you said, this is more of a Prince song as opposed to, you know, Andy Allo because she's just doing the vocals basically. So, yeah, but I agree with you. It's a good track, but it, you know, it doesn't ring. It does. It doesn't resonate with me that it's really. Her song. It sounds That's like it's Prince's cut. Exactly. And we can talk about this after we go through the songs, but there's, you know, the comparison, the obvious comparison uh, would be other protégés, female protégés. And I would just say earlier today, I watched the classic performance of Prince and Sheila E. Uh, from San Francisco when they did, you know, Love Bazaar at the end of that. Blew it up. And well, I, he blew up the stage. And he sold the stage. Right. And it's like when you hear a Love Bazaar, I can associate that with Sheila E., even though I know that is Prince, but I mean, he's on the song, right? But I don't have any problems thinking that that's her. And it might be because everything she done from Jump was that style. So I don't feel like she's painting. You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, we'll get into that later. But uh, go ahead, Big Ken, if you want to finish on that. No, that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It is a funky song. I like the song a lot. Like I said, the tightness of the band, the horns, that's great. I can see this being a big part of her live show. If she ever does, you know, concerts, you know, it, you know, this could be a, a nice closing track, you know, the, the rousing party type song and all that. But like you said, it's a big modern Prince influence on this one. You know, or, you know, one could argue maybe it's too much, but, you know, overall, I, you know, that's nitpicking. It's a, it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, Raka, go ahead. Um, the uh, the uh, some of the lyrics kind of. I think, how old is Andy Allo? Like 22, 20, uh, she seems pretty young and it seems like a lot of the lyrics are very mature, very wise and and the lyrics, they would, they sound like they would be better fit sung by somebody that was in their 30s or in their 40s. So it, I, I definitely think that Prince wrote this song but uh, uh, musically, it, it seems like he uh, embe- he uh, he embellished the song to uh, incorporate other elements, uh, African music, New Orleans funk, and jazz. And and I like and from the outset, I like the intro of the of the uh, rhythm uh, section playing in two two. It, it was pretty ear catching because. You know, for those measures, you didn't know where uh, where it was going to go right into the main groove. But I like the lyrics. It's pretty much an anthem of uh, self-preservation. You know, the lyrics can apply to any person that, uh, you know, that wants to, uh, you know, be their own person, don't want to live in the shadows of anyone else. You know, I like the lyrics. Uh, uh, and uh, I like the... Uh, uh, I like how 
I'm doing each uh, chorus. Maceo would solo for the first chorus. Chabon Shorty would play during the second chorus and during the uh, final chorus near where they uh, uh, start, uh, you know, in uh, the song. They play uh, together in unison. So it's kind of like they get the, they solo uh, separately, but during the uh, outro, they, you know, uh, uh, they play together and they try to outshine each other. You know, that's pretty cool. The only thing I didn't like about this song was when that chant starts at the end, that uh, Jim Crow, Corn Row, Afro. <laughs> I just thought, like, you could have ended the song a, a little bit quicker, and it just seems like they just, to justify having that in, they want to, you know, they want to embellish musically, and I just thought that could have been uh, left on the cutting room floor. But I like the song. All right, big, sexy, and shut. You know, I apologize a couple minutes ago. I was having uh, issues with my headset, so if you heard me cussing, I do apologize. But having said that, I like the song. I think it's like like Ken said, this is a Prince production. She just happened to sing lead on it. And I'm not ripping her by any leap of the imagination, but this song sounds like it was already done, and anybody could have come in and been given the lyric sheet and followed direction and, and done this. Now, having said that, she did a great job with it, but I don't know if she can do it live because I don't get the feeling that her band is going to be set up like that, especially to be traveling around 11 horn players. There's just no way. So unless she's got a Morris Hayes on keyboards that can recreate this on the synthesizer, I don't know if she can do this live, but it is a great song. I think the horn section stole, stole the song. You know, the horns in the rhythm section just took the song over. Not to say that she was overshadowed, but she was overshadowed a little bit. And since she's so new, because I'm not familiar with her first album, it's a great song. She she did it well, but this is a Prince production. And back in the 80s, people would say, you know, if Prince is going to produce me, you get a Prince production. And that's what she got here. Not, it's not bad. It is very good. But it's more him than it is her. And we'll see if she can do this live. Yeah, the whole live thing, you know, and I've seen some of the, you know, the, obviously the TV performances live. I, I, I ask those sort of questions myself, too. I want to know, like, if they're going to be touring, is, that, is she going to be able to keep that horn section? You know, because that's a lot of people, and obviously that's an expensive proposition. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, move on and on to the next joint is Long Gone. And if I am not mistaken, this is one of the acoustic songs on here. And so I'm going to respectfully say that I respect this song. I don't listen to it, so I'm not going to comment on it. I think it's nice. Uh, so I will bow out of talking on that track. Uh, Big Ken, are you? Uh, what's your take on Long Gone? Let me just sum it up in the immortal words of Flavor Flav. I can't do nothing for you, man. <laughs> this is a skip. You hear what I'm telling you? Go lean on shells and some man. Okay, I can't do nothing for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, big, sexy, and sack. Wow. Um, I was looking forward to seeing this live because she was scheduled to play here you know, a couple of months ago, but the, the show fell through. 
And this was one of the things I was looking forward to seeing her do because, again, I didn't know anything about her. And I just knew she was hanging with Prince and she was in the band. But I want to see what she can do on her own because anybody can look great when you have a big production behind you. You know, my challenge is, is for you to take your instrument, sit there and play and show me something. And I think she could have done it with this song. But having again, again having said that, this song for one of the acoustic ones on the CD, eh, it gets a little overshadowed by other things. It's not one of the standout tracks. It's not bad. You know, it's not a throwaway. But it doesn't stand up to uh, other things on here. But... Yeah, and just come on out and say it. This is some low budget Tracy Chapman oh, stuff, man. Come on. Oh, I didn't want to get into this. Wow. But, you know, it, it it does have that Tracy Chapman there you uh, go. Go on, say it. vibe to it. That, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Tasman Archer type deal to it. But it's not bad. It's not, it, it shows shows variety in her music stylings. That's, that's what I like about it. All right. Raka, can you save us? Uh... Can you save this track? What's going on? Well, I, I like this song, you know, and the I do question. She did admit that she's only been playing guitar for only five years, so I tend to believe that this is Prince accompanying her, and her voice. I, I like certain dynamics of her voice, but. She, it was hard to make out what she was singing, and so when I when I saw the lyrics, you know, some part, you know, some lyrics made more sense than others. But I like the, but I do like the fact that she can emote. I mean, she she's very limited as a singer, but she she can sound plaintive. She she can sound sad, melancholy in the lyrics. Uh, you know, match it. Uh, and, you know, sometimes with acoustic songs, you know, uh, I really like a, a great, like, I, I don't care a vocalist that has, like, for example, I wouldn't, like, if uh, Fantasia were to sing this song, it would make me cringe. But I, I don't mind somebody like Andy Allo, who... You know, she she just, she does just enough just to carry the melody, and that's all I need. You know, same thing with you know Bob Marley, then or Jimi Hendrix. They're not great singers, but the emotion that they elicit in the listener is what is what makes them who they are. So I I do give her credit for that, and and if she if she can you know mold that talent, and if she can continue to. Uh, challenge herself, you know, she will, I, I think she can, uh, you know, uh, you know, break, you know, do well, even beyond Prince, you know, if that's what she, uh, if that's, if she wants it bad enough. All right, there you go. Long gone. Now we're going to move along to the calm. Again, disclaimer. <laughs> 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 listening to this once not a bad song just not for me so I can't really speak on it I as as Big Ken said you know and this is keeping it real I skipped this Ain't nothing wrong with that uh, Big Sexy and Sack 
I like this one. And to be completely frank, though, I've been playing this so much because I took the CD and loaded it up to my uh, media players. I thought this song was called How Long until about an hour ago. I had no idea what it's called, The Calm. But I like it. I like it. Now, see, this in that Tracy Chapman, Tasman Archer vibe, she is doing it very well. I would love to hear her do this live. I, I really like this song. It was really, you know, sparsely done. And she's she's really, just really, I'll go ahead and say it. It's sexy. She brought some sexy to it. I like this. You know, I like this one a lot. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely one of the ones I like more than others on, the, on this uh, CD. All right. Big Ken. Yeah, it's all right, man. It's, 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 it's the old... <laughs> It's an okay track. To me, it's kind of slow to get started, you know, but it gets better once it gets going. I mean, it's not a showstopper. It's, it's just so, it's just okay. It's all right. It's, you know, nothing to write home about, for my my opinion. All right, Rock, break it down for us. Well, I, I like the calm because it seems like the calm is like uh, a continuation of, of uh, Long Gone. You know, starting with the with the symbols that go uh, they go into the song, it's well placed. Uh, I like the tension that it creates. You, you know, it, the melody kind of hangs over. It kind of hangs over the listener, so you don't know uh, you know where the music is going to go. And I, I like that of uh, the uh, melodic instruments that carry the melody. They enter one by one, and uh, uh, and, it, and it sounds suspenseful, you know, at least before Andy Allo starts singing. And, you know, so far, I have heard Andy Allo's first album, and these uh, acoustic songs, they're really on par with her first album, Unfresh, so she, at least she's sticking to territory that she can do well. Um, and I give her a lot of, you know, credit, because it seems like... Uh, it seems like with this uh, song, she really, uh, it, it doesn't seem like she just, uh, you know, took, you know, direction from Prince like Bria, Bria did and, and didn't have any creative input at all. You know, so, uh, and then also, I also like how during the lyrics, you know, she sings, uh, uh, rhetorical questions, but then she'll say something like, it's time to let live and let live and nothing left to heal but burns. So it's kind of like her. Get it out, bro. <laughs> Hello. We losing? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think Rock's mom came in there. Uh-oh, mom handled said, boy, get off that phone. I'm running up my bill. Yeah, something he dropped. He dropped out. Let, let's bring him back in. This this is live podcasting, people. This is what happens. Um, so we're gonna move along from that song. Uh, let's bring him back in. Rock, are you with us? Oh, I guess not. So we just calling him up on the air. That's what we do, sir. Rock. Okay. Well, sorry to see. Moving right along, let's go to the next song is Yellow Gold. Now, I can stand up straight and get closer to the mic. This is my song. Are you back in this now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I 
stand up. I'd get my attention. To me, this is a, for me, it's a perfect song. Uh, yes, I know this has got Prince in it, but to me, she gets up here and carries this song. I love her voice on this when she sings. The hook is, has such a great hook, infectious hook to it. I am, uh, this is it. Like if it was, if I was in charge of this album, executive producing, this would have been, I'd have did this as the first single and I'd have put a little money behind it and said, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's push this out here a little bit. She, um, Andy was on her Facebook page and she was saying, Hey, what do you think should be the next video, uh, that I should do? And I said, yellow gold. And I was even, you know, I said, I, I said, here's a free video treatment. I was like, you know, you can set this video up where you're in a, uh, hair salon called uh, happy to be nappy and and she can come in her hair is all nappied up prince could be this old hairstylist cat you know and he sits down a table or the chair and he pulls out a bottle instead of like soul glow it's yellow gold and he's like (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna pour this on you and that's the thing you know there's some yellow gold and just follow the drip you know so i'm like man i would to me, this song is dope. I, I just, ugh, perfect. I want to hear this live. I, I hope they can play this live and have, like, you know, like you said, the horn section and everybody involved because there's a burner right here. Um, Big Ken, what do you think about this song? I wouldn't call it perfect, but it is it is a nice track. I do agree with you on everything else. You know, that laid back funk, you know, tip. tip. To me, this track has, has the, the, pedigree to be a real nice R&B adult contemporary hit if it ever got some decent airplay. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it originally, when I first heard the album, when I, you know, I was listening to it, this was my favorite track on the album at first until I thoroughly heard one of the tracks that we'll discuss later, but this is probably, the, you know, second best on the album for me. Alright, Big Sexy. I give it a number four best on the album for me. I, I liked it. You know, and it's just like Ken said, it has that adult contemporary vibe to it. You know, a bit of a quiet storm, if you will, because it's funky, but it's restrained funky. And, you know, it's like laid back. I'm just sitting here in my big lazy boy chair now. I can hear the hear the chorus in my head. I like that. <laughs> you know, so it's it's catchy. You know, I find myself bopping to it when I'm on the bike at the gym. I, I I like it. You know, this is um this is something that stands out. This is a great choice for the second single. I agree with Mike. Should have been the first single, but hey, what are you gonna do? Let's see what she can do with this one video wise. Yeah, they like I said, there's so many it could be um it could get like some sort of uh, sponsorship with like St. Ives or something. They just come out with yellow gold. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, I mean, some shit. get some of the yellow gold, you know, and get some rapper on the remix. I'm just joking. Um, they could remix it called a yellow snow. There you go. <laughs> Don't eat no yellow snow. You know, that'd be tight. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's fly. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick pit stop. We're going to try to bring in a new guy back in again. We'll give him one more shot. So hold on. We're going to call him back. Alicia oh. Keys! You see, there's only one. There will always only be one. I'm trying to tell you, tell you, tell you. 
Again, from technical mishap number two. All right, now. So, as we were talking about Yellow Gold, we have Rocka back on the line. So, Rocka, what's your take on Yellow Gold? Uh, the uh, sonic quality, it, it was crystal clear when I heard it. And it, it was so clear that you can hear uh, the, uh, the bass player threading uh, the notes of the uh, bass line along the fingerboard. I mean, it was. It was uh, quite pleasing to hear. Uh, when I first heard the song on that, uh, on the, uh, I think it was audio of that uh, Welcome to America album release party, I, when I first heard it, it was heavily edited, and, they, and the editing was very obvious, so I was concerned that on the, phys- on the final uh version that it would sound just like that but i uh i was pleasantly uh surprised and uh the lyrics they're very for her very sassy very youthful and it sounds like the it sounds like that's what she's very natural at it seems like she has a very bubbly personality very charismatic and you know the Superman metaphor. You know during the uh, during the chorus. You know it was uh, very very good. The lyrics it, it they sound like teen boppish. You know they sound like lyrics that you know a teenager you know could relate to. But the music kind of has like a solid gold. Uh, uh, 
like a solid gold kind of era feel to it in in the baseline ferocious i mean i i uh you know that baseline it carries the song all the way and that's what i listen to musically more than anything else even uh even the uh you know the horns that are on the song i you know i didn't even notice it it's a good song all right, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like roller skate music a little bit, you know, has that kind of vibe to it as well. Uh, so moving right along, oh, go like ahead. Video for it, yeah, yeah, can't wait to see that. Yeah, I, I, I can't either. Uh, next up is Nothing More. Now, I would just say this again. This is one of my jams, right? I I wear this song out. Yellow gold. I thought, thought we were about to go, man. Oh uh, no, no. We're about to go. <laughs> I love no, we this. We gonna track. go. We gonna go. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I I actually really like this, and I've heard this being compared to one of Prince's songs. I think the love we make or something like that. And I and I can kind of hear a little bit of that, but I don't know. There's something about this. I just really like this. Uh, I like the guitar playing, and then I can understand this is probably more so a heavy prints production but for me andy works on this i really like when she does her nothing more dun, 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 dun. I just, ah, this is a great song i i want to hear this live too and i think they've done this live before um but this solid the, these two songs together so far banging this is where the album starts for me yellow gold in this so i'm hands on this i i wonder is this her playing the guitar stuff on this song or not um i always sort of i mean it doesn't necessarily matter but um this is just a good track um so big sexy this is the jam this is my song on the album i love it it's very dramatic it's emotional, not emo, yuck, but it's emotional performance. You know, I love it. I love the music. I love the lyrics. Her voice is beautiful. She is a beautiful woman, and it really radiates with this performance. This is the one. This is the standout track, hands down. Ken, hey, don't have me come out there, man. <laughs> man, I ain't scared of you, man. Bring your ass out here, man. You know, it's cool. No, on a serious tip, it's an okay track, man. It just to me it, initially it got it got the same reaction out of me as the calm did before. But this one, I agree, it is a bit more expressive and there's more feeling into it, and so it's growing on me. Uh, I need need some more lessons though. But it, it, initially, it kind of put me in the mind of some of the musicology stuff, you know, that Prince did, you know, uh, like the Marion kind or something like that for some reason. But I mean, it's an okay track. I just need more more time with it. I don't feel it the way you guys do, but it's okay. It's better than the calm and, you know, that long, long gone or whatever the hell it was that, that was. <laughs> no, no, on a serious thing, I think you should listen to a, a little bit more because this actually is some quality stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It needs more. It's growing on me the couple times I've listened to it, so I got to, you know, put some more, some more ear effort behind this one. There you go. Uh, Rocket. Uh, you know, I love this song as well. And, you know, you know, nothing more to me. I don't think there's really that much difference between this song and Long Gone and The Calm. I think the only difference is the production is a little bit bigger 
and uh, my first impression was that uh, before minor chord sound parallel to the beginning of the love we make and I think that's the only thing that they have in common uh, to me I, th I think this song has more uh, dominant sevens in in this song whereas with uh, uh, the love we make it was pretty much the same uh, four chords and and that was pretty much the basis of the song, but you know, uh, uh, you know, the lyrical content pretty much is haunting, is sorrowful and beautiful at the same time. And you know, for some reason, hearing a female sing this song, it, it gets much more captivating than than a man singing it. You know, for some reason, you know, it just sounds earnest and sincere. And and and, and I remember Miles Davis once said that you know Prince knows how to use space very well and and it, it's uh quite evident because uh you know he he really knew how to draw out space and let her you know sing and emote and just let and he gave her enough room where he could where she can really uh you know do her thing and 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 the way she sings the refrain nothing more at the end it's, it's it's haunting, but you can't help but listen to it. And by the end, you kind of empathize for her. So it's a, it's a great song. All right. Next up is If I Was King. And I'm going to be quick. Uh, definitely reminds me of some Sly Stone sort of feel in there. I, I, this song is okay to me. I, I think this is actually a very sort of funky sort of song, but... There's just something about it for me that is just not all authentically there to the point where I want to listen to it over and over. Uh, so I wouldn't call it a skipper for me. I think the music is banging. There's some great stuff going on, like the beat and everything. But I don't know. Again, it just, as I said earlier, it's a great perf It's like somebody doing something that isn't naturally their style, but they're pulling it off. But it just doesn't have that, like... This is me. This is my thing. This is how I get down. And it's just so naturally sounding. It just doesn't sound as natural to me, if that makes any sense. Uh, now, maybe if Prince did this, he uh, you know, effortlessly can jump in there and do his thing. But I don't know. I, I, I tend to skip this, though. I think it's an okay song. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Raka. Uh, I, uh, I, I think this is kind of kind of her territory. I mean, she is from uh, Africa, and she, you know, she, I'm guessing she would probably have African uh, uh, influences, and she might, she may have wanted to incorporate some of that into this number. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty lively and festive, but I, I could tell that Prince, he, he did a lot of coaching on her vocally because when near the end when she starts going into that when she starts going hoarse or trying to sound hoarse Stevie Wonder used that technique on uh, Boogie uh, Boogie on Reggae Woman and Living for the City and I can I can hear where she's really trying to make an effort to you know sing from the pit of her gut and you know she did the best that she could but 
the song is great. I mean, this would be a great live number. I, I can just imagine, you know, the band having a great time on stage and, and the audience going, uh, you know, going nuts with it. Uh, and again, Macy on trombone soloing during the breakdown is, is spontaneous and it's top notch. And I didn't even care what she was singing because the music, it, it is back there <clears throat> and it's front and center. Uh, big sexy. You know, I don't <clears throat> like the the marching band opening of the song. I, I, in fact, I hate it. But once I get past that, it's okay. It's you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and keep it short. I do tend to skip this one. I'm sorry, it's not bad, but just the opening drum just rubs me so far the wrong way. I just go to the next one. And then go to the next one. Big, big, big Ken. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, uh, upon hearing the first few bars, the first time I heard it, I didn't really know what to think at first. But I mean, I actually kind of liked the song. I mean, it grew on me fairly quickly. I like, I like the groove of it. You know, there are some kind of trippy lyrics. You know, that kind of hooked me in a little bit. And it does get pretty funky midway through it. Uh, I, I do agree with yours. Sly Stone, you know, traces of Sly Stone is in there, so you can tell Prince definitely has something to do with this. It's kind of I, I classify it as just quirky funk. You know what I'm saying? It's not your run of the mill type of album track. You know, it's different, and it's not going to appeal to everybody. Um, you know, like the like the drums, Big Sexy talking about. I understand where he's coming from. I actually kind of like toward the end those quasi military style drums and, and the, with the brass accompanying it and, and what sounds like a big uh, timpani drum or either that or a massive bass drum, you know, accenting on a one around the five minute mark. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty unique. I, I like it. It, it. It's growing on me more and more. I won't say it's the best track on the album, but it's, it's pretty good. It's listenable. Has potential. All right. Uh, moving to the eighth song on this album, Story of You and I am a I skipped this track, so I have nothing to say on it. Rock a bash, hear me. You know, I you know I listened to this song and and I love the song. I mean, it, she so far she hasn't uh, done anything in my view that would make me cringe or or make me shake my head. I mean, the uh, the, the bass, you know, chorus of the guitar accompaniment, that's pretty much the entire basis of the song, you know, along with her, uh, you know, singing, uh, you know, singing some story about uh, a lover and herself, and, you know, the lyrics, you know, they're, you know, they're pretty, you know, cool for what they are, uh, but, you know, but that convergence line, you know, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty slick. Uh, I have nothing else to say about that. All right. Um, big Sexy. I like this one. This is another acoustic one, and I could visualize her taking a break during a set and just walking out with the acoustic guitar and just playing this. And the production of it reminds me of an Irish band that I used to I still like called The Coors. They did a cover of... Um, Rolling Stones, Little Wing, or excuse me, Jimi Hendrix, Little Wing, and this reminds me of that, the, the airy vocal, 
you know, I, I like this. I mean, I this is this is good. I like this. I like this a great deal. I mean, she's getting the acoustic vibe, and she's right in the pocket with it. Okay. Uh, Big Ken. Uh, it's a little better than Long Gone, but it's a skipper for me, man. Pass. <laughs> All right. Coming up to the last song on this album, When Stars Collide. Now, <clears throat> for me, best song on the album. Perfect. Andy Ello sounds excellent on this. I love her voice so much on this song. It is ridiculous. I think this matches, for me, what I like to listen to. This matches her perfectly. Like, yes, I know this is some Prince stuff, but she, to me, I identify this with her. I think she performs on this beautifully. I could see, and I have heard this live, great. This is just hands down the, the perfect song for me and the best on the album and I as I was thinking about this when we were doing this if this album had come out back in the 80s like during the time that the time albums came out now granted they probably wouldn't sound like this but I'm gonna say I say this to say that here's what I would do to this album it would be basically people pleaser yellow gold and I would probably make both of those songs even longer yeah and throw in maybe you could throw in the acoustic at the third song throw away that i don't care you know uh after high schoolish whatever right turn that record over um when stars well, actually you could go to nothing more and then do uh, when stars collide and let that bad boy go for 10 minutes and it would have been the dopest album, period. It would have been one of them dope ones. It was like, that's when some print stuff just knock you over the head every song, except for maybe one or two was a burner, was, was the illest stuff. It was just like the time records. It wasn't 10 or 9 songs in them bad boys. It really was only like four songs that mattered. And they were so dope, they didn't matter if there wasn't that many tracks because it was worth it. This, would, this is how I listened to this album. So when I say I skipped those other songs... Because I, I'm not feeling those. They're not bad. It's just nothing that I would listen to. So I'm only going to listen to the burners. So that's why I say, when stars collide, yellow gold, you know, people pleaser, nothing more. If that would have been the album, I would be on here like, you know what? Andy Allo, you can't fuck with that. I like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? I like Nobody can't say shit about no Andy Allo because I'm slapping everybody who has something crazy to say. Because the songs that, to me, in my mind, that are dope, Prince songs, if you edited all the other stuff out, it would be a burn. So with that said, this song, killing me. I play this every day, literally in the car, banging it out. It's just like, ah, this was that. I was shocked when I heard this. When I heard it, I was like, what? And when it just, I was like, ah, oh, this guy's. I was like, Prince clowning. Like, he, gets, he gonna give her one of these joints. And then when she comes on, just how I feel. I mean, she does. It's not, it sounds like she really is far. Like, this motherfucker funky. Like, she cold. So to me, this redeems a lot of stuff I skip. This is a cold track. And then the horns, and they come in. I mean, it's all pimped out, man. <laughs> it's 
collide. And there's a little bit of fuzz in there. I'm like, man, don't let don't let them do this song live. And when they do it, they better come correct. Cause this is a joint. So I'm done. Big King, gone. Gone, man. I agree with you, man. This is what I was saying before. I said Yellow Gold used to be my favorite. This is the best song on the album. This is to, I agree with you. This is the signature song on the album. And that's why I was probably purposely put last because it's it's a great track to close the album with. You know what I mean? That down tempo, that steady driving beat along with I'm I'm assuming that's Prince on the bass. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna assume that that's Prince on the bass. And you're right, he's acting a fool on the bass. And he starts going just getting ill with it about midway through the song, man. When he like you said, when he brings in the fuzz and doing these, you know, uh different moves on the bass, it's just tight. And you're right, Andy's vocals, this is the best to me, out of all the, the tracks on this album, this is the, the her best vocals on, on this song, especially during the choruses when she's singing, you know, When Stars Collide, and you hear that piano tinkling in the background, mm-hmm. you know, along with it. It's just, it's a great track. And so for me, you know, the significance of this song being as good as it is and closing the album kind of hints at the potential that she has. You know, and it leaves you, you know, curious and wanting more because let's be real. And we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later. But I think out of all of his recent protégés, Andy Allo probably has the most to offer in terms of looks, talent, vocals, you know, playing the instrument and all that. You know what I'm saying? So she has potential. So depending on, you know, and this is a good way to showcase it and let you know that, yeah, you know, she could probably do some damage, you know, depending on what steps she takes in the future. So this is a great, great way to uh, close the album, the signature track. All right. Uh, Rock a bash. Uh, v, I, I love the, I love the music. I love the opening drum beat. And, and from there it goes right into overdrive. A, a good song in G major flat and Prince's uh, bass playing, especially around I can't I can't think of where in the song, but he he uh, plays a triplet feel, and I thought that was so great. Just as the song is, you know, just as you know the the you know the song is is uh, driving and the rhythm in her voice, it kind of sounds like she's rapping a little bit. You know, I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. But I just love from the opening lyric. You know, when she says, there ain't enough words or vocabulary to tell you how I feel. And you can feel, you can hear just how sultry and just how uh, and how earnest she's singing that song. And the, uh, uh, you know, the, the horns is a perfect, uh, a perfect way to uh, accentuate the, the atmosphere and the vibe of this song. And... If this song was a single and it had the right uh, uh, promotional backing, this song I think could be a hit. You know, she she has she has that it factor that like Ben Ken, like uh, Big Ken uh, just you know talked about. I don't think the other two really had. I mean, she has she has enough charisma that will make you interested to know more about her, and and that's what I like about. Uh, this song and and her talent. All right, big 
<clears throat> sexy and sack. Bring us home on this song. You know, I got to co-sign everything I just heard. You know, this, to me, along with nothing more, the standout tracks. And the thing is about pushing it as a single, you know, our industry musically, aside from top 40 bullshit, doesn't really push real music by real musicians. And that's just unfortunate because a lot of people aren't going to hear this. And that's a disservice to her. And and I have to give Ken some, some dap on this one. I picked up um, Esperanza Spalding Radio Music Society last night in high resolution. And these two young women have a similar vibe to me because they're both you know, fairly young and they write and compose and arrange complex pieces of music on their own. And that's what our society and our industry should be celebrating, not this American X Factor, whatever the fuck, you know, and I'm just tired of it. And it's, it's really unfair to her because I've seen her in town on local TV. She's so engaging. She's so talented. And this song proves it. It's like a microcosm of the whole album. It's a great piece. It, I take it back. It is the centerpiece of this album. Yes. All right. So uh, we're going to keep, keep this part quick. I'm just going to get overall impressions of this album. And also, let's talk about how does this album stack up with uh, Tamar, which unfortunately was an unreleased album, but you've heard some things of it. There's the Bria Valentier, Ventilla album, whatever. How, how does this one sit? in those and if you want you can even draw back to you know sheila or jill jones or whatever yeah let me uh, let me take, let me go take ahead. this one first i mean overall impressions of the album itself andy allo's album this this is a good album i mean this is a good like you said this is not her first album this is a second one but you can you can tell the growth now yeah we we have to when we we've talked about it during the show you know you have to acknowledge prince's influence here and so that does change things in terms of how you may have viewed her from her previous effort. But just like Big Sexy, she she is extremely talented. She has a lot to offer. And I do think this is a good album. I, it's like, what, eight or nine songs on here? I'd say about five or six of them are pretty good, you know, and, and they're quality, quality songs. And to me, like I said earlier, it just uh, shows the potential that she has. I mean, she has, out of any of the recent protégés, she has enough potential in terms of her looks, her music, her instrumental ability, her singing, the whole package. She has enough where she could probably do some damage in the future, but now the question becomes, you know, how is she going to be perceived, you know, when she branches away from Prince, or will she be able to achieve any of that success while she's still with Prince? You know what I'm saying? Those are questions that you know, will, will remain unanswered for a while. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you think back to the other protégés, like you said, Tamar and Bria Valente, you know, and some even, you know, going back a few, you know, Yamaites and, uh, and some of the other ones, you know. Once he stopped supporting them or stopped, you know, pubbing them up, you know, they more or less just fell to the wayside. But I think Andy Allo has, you know, potential that she could go far if, you know, if she's promoted correctly, and, I, you know, the big question is, you know, how long will she stay with Prince and will she be able to duplicate or improve what she did without him? 
Now, as far as far as comparing it to other albums, I look at it this way. Tamar's album, I heard Tamar's album. It's okay. It's pretty good, but I don't know that it would have, you know, garnered any real attention. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know what I don't. I'm not really sure if you would say that she had the total package that we that I just talked about. Bria Valente, she had a few, a handful of, of nice cuts on that album. To me, in her in her album's case, she had like one real standout song, which was the title track, Elixir. But then you could argue that that might have been because Prince was on it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it neither one of those had anything, you know, had anything on this album. But then, you know, even this album, as good as it is, doesn't really compare to some of the the original proteges that we're talking about. The you know the Sheila E. and I don't even know if you really, really would classify them as proteges, but I guess technically technically you would. The time, you know, those acts they had more. They could stand on their own, and they did stand on their own, and they had longevity for quite a while. They still they still here, you know, without Prince. You know what I'm saying? Wendy and Lisa, you know, they could go on without Prince. So, like I said, the big question for me, man, is how, how you know, can she pull it off on her own, you know, with the change in the way the music business is now and how people are promoted in terms of artists, you know, without singles and videos and all that, you know, that's the big question. But this is a pretty a pretty nice album, man, for, for those uninitiated in uh, Andy Allo's music. All right, Big Sexy, what do you think about the album? You know, I think it's a great sophomore effort I'm going to have to track down a physical copy of her first one and comparing her to Bria and Tamar I think and I don't know who said this but I think I saw it online and I have to um, you know expand someone was saying that she doesn't have the strongest voice okay fine but she writes she produces she plays she arranges Whereas Tamar and Bria and other people who who only sing don't do that. You know, they only have one responsibility, and that's to deliver the goods vocally, which is great. But when you write and create and do everything, you can't be expected to be Patti LaBelle. You know, having said that, you know, with the protégés, I look at her, Sheila... And the time, Wendy and Lisa, and then you look at Maite, Carmen Electra, you know, to an extent, Jill Jones, and others who don't play, who don't do a lot of writing. And when you take Prince, uh, Vanity Six, when you take Prince out of that mix, they're standing there holding an album with no way to support it. The ones who can play, go play. Sheila's playing right now. The Time or <laughs> Original Seven or Morris Day and The Time, whatever configuration, they're playing somewhere. Uh, Wendy and Lisa, they make music. I think regardless of Prince's involvement, Andy's still going to make music and it's still going to be good. And that's all we can ask for at the end of the day. I think it's a great way to get her out there and I'm looking forward to seeing more of her, uh, her, her music. All right, Raka, give me your impressions on the album, but also talk about your experience buying the album. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, my, my first impression of uh, Superconductor, 
with that. Prince has always been uh, perceived as being a bad producer to work with. You know, he, he runs roughshod over the people that he produced. He never sucks the... Uh, 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 he never uh, seeks to consult with the people that he is producing, getting their ideas on tape or bringing out the very best that that particular artist has within them. And out of Tamar, Bria, and Andy Allo, I think Andy Allo is the most multifaceted. I think Bria Valente was a one-trick pony. You know, she was a model. You know, got caught a lucky break, you know, meeting uh, uh, meeting Prince. You know, he uh, did an album for her. He did an album for her. Now, you know, she's on her way. Uh, Tamar, it, she she did have a voice, but there was none, but none of her songs I felt I I could listen to and find new dynamics and new nuances. You know, once I heard that Lincoln Honey album, I didn't want to hear it again. Whereas with Superconductor, I can listen to these songs over and over again, find new something about, find something else that I like about it. And I don't think Prince has uh, uh, made available his uh, creative resources for Andy Allen that he did for his other protégés. I mean, uh, you know, Prince hired Macy Parker and Trombone Shorty and that uh, 11 piece band to back her in concert. And Macy and Trombone played on several songs of Superconductor. So, I think that it, it, it does indicate how much he believes in her talent and believes in her, uh, uh, believes in her uh, uh, creativity and in artistry. Uh, the uh, I think this album could stand by itself. Like, I, I, like to me, if if uh, if I had never heard of India and I just heard the music by itself and didn't know about her association with Mr. Nelson, I would, you know, I wouldn't have any preconceived notions or at least be tipped off uh, by any preconceived notions that that uh, it was him behind, you know, some of the songs. Uh, when I bought the, uh, uh, when I bought it from Google Play, I I uh, downloaded the tracks and it was missing four tracks and I and I couldn't believe it. I felt duped again. You know what I mean? I felt like you said duped again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when did you no, get no, no, duped no, no. the first time? I didn't. I wasn't duped. You know, I uh, I misspoke. I, I wasn't okay. duped like uh, you know. I I, I never bought. Uh, 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 you know, I, I never did the crystal ball thing. But I heard how people were you know, felt ripped off, and and I felt like I'll you know give it a shot and uh, buy it digitally. And everything that I suspected about buying music digitally manifested. So I'm very leery <laughs> of buying anything that is related to uh, Mr. Nelson's. Uh, Damn. Uh, business from now on it has to go through a 
third party. That's tough. I have to have assurances that I'm going to get what I'm paying for. And and I remember when he went on Tad and Smiley, and he and he uh, he was asked about his reputation as a bad business person. He said, you know, I've been uh, viewed as somebody that's a bad business person. Well, you are. You know what I mean? I think he needs to. I think in order for him to, I think looking beyond 2013, he needs to, you know, tighten his business acumen. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's not going to even matter if he, uh, if he puts out a new album, even even if it's good. But if it's another fiasco like, like the one I had, <laughs> I can do without it. All right. And to be fair, now I will say this. I had the same experience buying mine on Google Play, but I tend to think it was more a problem with Google or whoever it was who set up that account on Google than it was with, you know, like Prince's business practices <laughs> or to say that even Prince had anything to do with the actual release of the album. I, I, I would tend to think he didn't have anything to do with it personally. Um, but I can understand what he says. And I had the same thing happened to me. And initially when I bought those tracks, I wasn't missing tracks because, again, I didn't buy all the tracks, but the tracks that I did get or bought, I didn't get them. Like, they didn't play. And uh, so what I ended up doing was I, you know, complained to Google. And I think maybe the next day or something, those tracks were playable. So I don't know what what was going on. And I say this because I don't want people, you know, I don't think he was personally, I know it wasn't Prince's fault, and it may not even have been Andy Allo's Allo's fault. you know, services like that, you know, anybody, an artist can put their music on those services. And if you screw up the upload process or how you do it, more than likely it's operator error and not all of a sudden Google's not working on this one artist. Because, yeah, I imagine there's thousands of albums up there and they don't have any problems. So I think it was just a fluke thing. Unfortunately, yeah, there's a history of some things going a little crazy with some of Prince's stuff. But, I, you know, I don't think it was... I don't think he was over there laughing and just didn't care. Again, personally, I don't think he probably had anything to do with this release. I, I would not, and I'm speculating. I wouldn't spe- I speculate that this whole thing is just given to Andy Allo to go do what you want to do. And she decides that, you know what, I'm not going to get, I can't get that deal, probably what they were trying to get with a major label. So I'm going to put it out myself. And again, she can go to tunecore.com and set up her account on iTunes and google and all that and put it out herself and i i tend to think that's probably what she ended up doing and that's great because she keeps all the money and i'm sure he doesn't need the money so there you go but with that said this album good album got some good stuff on there not so much great stuff the next step to me gotta take it to the stage i'm a i'm a little worried that some of the shows that were scheduled have been canceled um, I don't know why. I know that she was seemed to be set to go, excuse me, with the MPG as her backup, the MPG that was backing up Prince during the Chicago tour, right? Chicago Chicago shows. And they had the huge horn section and it made sense to have that horn section because he was saying, you know, doing something new for those show. And again, if you listen to her album, heavily horn based, you know, Macy or all these cats. So she has to have horns to go through these songs. Um now that she's been seem to have canceled these shows, and it seems as if Prince has a whole new band. Uh, 
somebody got to foot the bill to pay that other band, right, to be rehearsing and to do these shows. So now that they're not doing shows, I'm a little concerned, and I hope that is because he was like, ah, well, I'm going on to this now, and, uh, yeah, hey, I ain't... I ain't cutting no checks from all the niggas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what it looks like. It, it almost seems like as soon as her album was released, he's off to something else. Like, but that's always been the case. And man. I know it is, but I'm just kind of, I'm kind of, I don't want her to get left behind because I think this is a great project. There's some great stuff on here. And I think, again, the next step is for her to be able to do this live. And her songs, you're going to have to have that band, right? And so I hope he doesn't just leave her and just, well, you can fend for yourself now and, I'm going to go do this because she's got some good stuff. And it's just like with that Bria situation, she never performed. Uh, and Andy Allo, she's done shows before, more of acoustic sort of stuff. So I just hope that they can do justice to the songs and give it at least one presentation so it can be like the album better and that we can get that, re- you know, so we can hear that. That's all I'm, that's what I want to see. I mean, and truthfully, that's the, that's the difference at the core of this whole thing. That's the difference between Andy Allo and these, the other protégés of recent years. And Big Sexy hit it earlier, is that she, she, she's benefiting right now with this collaboration with Prince, you know, that, that gives you some high profile PR and, and that's all good. You know, she's probably releasing the album on her own. But once it's over with, and I'm sure Andy Allo, she seems like a smart, a smart, a smart girl. She probably went into this knowing that, okay, you know, I need to take advantage of this while I can, you know, because this cat don't have a good track record of of sticking, you know, sticking with me after the album. She's already has her own. She has already recorded. You know what I'm saying? Like she can write her own song. She can do this. She can do that. She can take the experiences, and she can probably still keep going, as opposed to Rhea and Tamar and all the rest. Like you said, they couldn't. Once once Prince was like, All right, there's your album, peace out, deuces, you know, they you know, that they, they done. It's a rap, you know. I think I saw one of them at Walmart last week. Oh, here you, go. you know, I'm just Damn. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's the truth, man. I mean, you know, once Prince is done and he's always been you know, you guys know he's been this way his whole career. Once his mind he's a very mercurial individual individual. Once his mind is done, whatever project it's a wrap that's it he's on to the next thing so you're right that's not a good sign that they're canceling shows already but you know i tend to think she'll be all right but i just think with the changes in the way the music is is distributed now and promoted you know unless she has a real nice i don't want to say big budget but you know a nice i guess you have to say big budget video you know something to really put her out there you know, she's she's going to go to the wayside like millions of other artists right now. You know what I'm saying? That don't have the, the bankroll yeah. behind. Her. And that's unfortunate. But yeah. Oh, oh, one to add one other thing uh, Rocco was talking about, you know, if, if you just came at this project and didn't know that Prince was associated. Uh, one of my friends and I was like, I know she's going to love this. Like when, uh, when uh, stars collide or whatever. So I was like, oh, check this out. And, I, and it comes on. And I'm like, this is the cut right now. She's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, you only like this because it sounds like some Prince. <laughs> and I looked at her and said, oh, that's funny you say that. Because actually it is Prince. And she's like, ah, nah. This is corny. What? It's corny. <laughs> I was like, Are you? I said, come on now. I said, nah, it's just, eh. I heard it before. It just, just sounds like some Prince stuff. Like, it's, it's not the real stuff. 
So, so I'm so it's interesting to see how people take it. And she knew nothing of Andy Allo, right? And I never told her anything. But she immediately identified that this was some print stuff, and which wasn't impressed, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so I don't know if people can listen to this and and not know a little. I think, hey, you know, it kind of sounds like Prince. Um, her acoustic stuff, I I think, is her own. But some of the you know, Yellow Gold, and, and again, some of the other ones, I, don't, I think some people. I'm telling you, tell. if she could get, if she could somehow get Yellow Gold and and when stars collide, if they could get on contemporary radio, you know, she could build uh, quite possibly build a nice little following from that. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there is a market for that. Because like Big Sexy said, not everybody is down with all this, you know, Wiz Khalifa bullshit and all this other stuff that's out. You know what I'm saying? So there's folks out there that still want some real music. But that's the problem is how is she going to be able with this new model now that, that the music industry is in? How is she, you know, she going to do that? So yeah. she got to she got to go independent like like most other people do. You know, what, what do you guys think of is this album? Prince's answer to Esbonanza, uh, Janelle Monet. Uh, uh, what's the other, the white girl that I really love? She hasn't come out in a while. Uh, Adele? No. Uh, uh, she had this song. Uh, Prince even had her on some of the shows. Ah, uh, uh, why am I? Nikki. What's her last name? Nikki Minaj. Oh, no, 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 no. no. She, um, <laughs> she had that song. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Nikki Costa, is this sort of his answer to some of those sort of female artists that he seems so drawn to, and he just didn't, you know, there's my chance to do that. I don't know if it's his answer, but I I don't think so, man, because I mean, okay, I'm just picking one, you know, that I really like, like Janelle Monae, man. Janelle Monae is on some on some whole different shit. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to her albums, I love her albums, and to me. Her album far exceeds, you know, this in just terms of creativity, you know, sheer creativity and the type of songs that she's doing. So I, I don't know if that's his what was his goal. Well, but, I, in know. terms of the more funky, like a people pleaser, or I don't know. For some reason, I can kind of see like I wonder if he was trying to like I want to I want to I can do what they're doing. I can get my own artist to be like that, to have that sort of style. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either because Esperanza Spartan is much more musically accomplished than Andy Allo. I mean, well, uh, of course. I mean, you know, she's uh, very accomplished at playing uh, jazz bass. You know, she teaches uh, music theory uh, uh, at, at some colleges. She's much more. Uh, she she's much more. Uh, accomplished and has much it has much more creative pursuits than Andy Allo has. I mean, when you know Andy Allo admitted that she's been playing guitar for five years, and I'm sure that you know Esperanza Spalding has been playing you know bass. Right, and I'm, and I, and I'm I'm comparing it stylistically. I'm not saying that she is anywhere near these artists. I'm just saying in terms of like, can. I, let me get a piece of that sort of pie. All of those artists sort of share a similar sort of genre, in a sense. I, I disagree. I okay. disagree with that. I don't think Esperanza and Janelle have the same DNA at all. Esperanza is, you know, serious jazz, and 
what little bit I know about Janelle, she's got more of the eclectic Grace Jones deal, which is good, but they're not they're not the same same DNA at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think Prince purposely, you know, is trying to get get that market with this. I I I think that's more coincidence than anything. Now, what I would think he's trying to do, I think he's trying. He think he's slick with this all girl band <laughs> thing that he's doing. Now that that is that is purposeful. What market are you going for on that one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, Joe seen the pussycat shit. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to look at it. You know, I was tripping off that, uh, you know, and, and okay, and I'm not trying to make no innuendos here, but I was tripping when I was watching the rock and roll love affair video. You know, your girl Hannah Ford, man, she all up in the in the frame. You know, she like right underneath him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on the stage playing and she's like right there, man. So I don't know, bro. Well, he's could have done a, he could have done an all female band 20 years ago. And it would have been the best band out there. So yeah. I'm surprised it took him this long to really do that consciously. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. It's a, it's a novel idea, you know. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's bound to draw some, some you know, attention. But what and, he hopes to And it's an all-female white band. And why do I pull the racial card? Because it is not no coincidence. He ain't never been no coincidence in Prince's bands. You read them books, and the band members know it ain't no coincidence. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting. It's obviously yeah. interesting for him to do that right now. All he need to do is bring Rhonda back and put her in. Their ba- they, they can have two bases. Just put Rhonda back in there. I agree. It's, that's all he got to do. And so you Isn't know, playing, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Isn't he playing with Andrew Luchet? Because, I, I, I saw him like on Twitter that. Uh, he's been recording with uh, with Prince at Paisley Park, and and I and I actually love Andre Goucher as a bass player. I love his work with uh, with uh, Shaka Khan, and and it it would be cool to see how he's gonna how he's going to vacillate between Andre Goucher and uh, and Eda Nelson. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how is he going to Parlay that into a focused piece of recorded uh, work. Do you think he's bringing these people to do the live thing, or would it actually maybe be some studio work, you know, or both? I'm I speculate. I think that like Andrew Luchet is. I think I think he's thinking about uh, hiring Andrew Luchet to play with Andy Allo and. Eda Nelson to back him up when he does his own shows. Hmm. Okay. Well, with, with Andy, we're going to find out if she can play live because in February, she's going to be on the Guitar Center Showcase on DirecTV. So we're going to see what's up. Oh, there you go. I saw some clip of her on YouTube. I think she's doing, she's doing a Marvin Gaye song and it's like in some, some cafe or something and there's like maybe a couple other musicians were there but that was like really good i was actually very surprised like she was singing really good and she really had a presence she was like really sultry and sexy it was like an innocence sort of sexiness to her you know because she smiles a lot but she actually she has something there she has a great presence 
uh, obviously she's been doing stuff before Prince. So yeah, I guess we will see. That's what I say. What she happened. got the total package. She she has enough that if properly promoted, she could she could do some damage. She could she could have some longevity. I agree. Yeah. It just but it just depends. The question for me is, can she achieve that with Prince? And or can she can can she achieve that? Or would she be better better able to achieve that without Prince? You know what I'm saying? And, and that's rhetorical, but she has she has the package, man. And like I said, you just based off this album, you see the potential. She she has more potential than any of his recent proteges in, in recent years. You know, I mean, like before, like Andy Allo, she would be perfect. Like I could see her being like a Gwen Stefani like kind of artist where. She can write serious songs, but she doesn't have to take herself too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think like it may be like a matter of timing. You know, because if this was like five, ten years ago, she might have been able to win the acclaim and also win the uh, the uh, fame and fortune that accompanies you know stardom. Like you said, Mike. Like you said, Mike. Earlier, if 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 Andy Allo was around back in the early '80s, okay, we might be talking. We might be listing her with Sheila E. The Time and Andy Allo as somebody that would have the long, you know, that would still be around doing the thing. Cause she got the talent, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. She's not just a pretty face, so she has the talent. So it just depends on how much exposure she gets and publicity, man. Well, the word somebody used was presence. She has a definite presence, whereas Bria, okay, she's fine, but that's it. She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything to build on what Prince helped her get. You know, she didn't play. She sat on the Tonight Show while he played and just sat there. She didn't do anything on Tavis Smiley. It's like, can you play or not? If you can't, Get out. When she Just, told you on the album, she was a kept woman. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yes. <laughs> kept woman, man. Well, she just, and you know, I don't think she she had no identity. So there's nothing, we had nothing exactly. to go on, you know. Well, at least she gave she gave uh, us, us the Elixir track. That's, that's to me still, yeah. that's a beautiful song, man. Beautiful song. All right. So the last thing we'll wrap up here, what do we have to look forward to? One thing that is coming up uh, next year, uh, March the 7th at Carnegie Hall, there's going to be an all, apparently there's going to be an all-star tribute to Prince. Um, they have not announced who the other artists will be yet, but apparently it's pretty a pretty big deal show. I think it's the seventh in a series of shows that they've had uh, where they tribute, you know, uh, great Musical legends. So he gonna be there? Uh, you know, I don't know. They, it's very early. I would imagine. I think most of the other people have been to the their tribute thing that they do there, um, and they've done from well, they did Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Neil Young in the past. Um, wow. So now they're gonna do Prince next year, Carnegie Hall. So that would be interesting. I'm curious to see what artists they get to perform his music. We need to get Esperanza again because she tore up if I was a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they'll get you two chains. Uh, do house, house <laughs> <laughs> I'll go there. 
Two chains, two chains, Justin Bieber. Oh God! You know, Kesha, or Keisha, whatever the fuck. What the hell? The hell no. <laughs> well, two words. Getting get Nicki Minaj to do Purple uh, Rain. Uh, what's his, What's the new guy's name? Uh, Trinidad Jones. I don't even know who that is. Uh, when you look. look that up, you will kill. Maybe the Game Boys can reunite. You will kill yourself. Uh, well, well, that's funny. Uh, not funny. <laughs> There'll be no hey, man, hey, hey, fuck the bullshit. We got to get Tony M on the stage. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That, tear the house down. Tony M, T.C. Ellis. T.C. Ellis. Kid, kid. <laughs> Shoot the mic, kid. Bring the noise. That's right. All right. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap it up. Uh want to thank Rocka for coming on first time. I uh, hope you had a great time, uh, experience, getting on here. I do appreciate you very you have a very good technical ear uh, for things, which is really great uh, perspective to bring. Uh, super big shout out to Day Dropping. Cannot forget about Day Dropping. He couldn't join us today. I think he was a little under the weather. But shout outs to him. Happy holidays, sir. Wherever you are at. Um, uh, big Ken, any, any last words for yourself? No, man, it's all good. Looking forward to 2013. Prince, man, you better drop an album, dude. Okay, stop playing around, man. It's time for some new music, dude. All right. Oh, and did you did you listen to the music snobs thing yet? You checked that out? Yeah, actually, I was listening to the uh, I was listening to this the whole second Golden Age of Hip Hop oh, okay. show, and they were they were jumping on old boy, but I haven't finished it yet. But it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, so I downloaded a bunch of the episodes. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, what I'm talking about. Check out. A show called The Music Snobs the podcast. Uh, I actually really like it. I think they have about nine episodes so far. Uh, the, two of them are about Prince, but then they talk about all sorts of, of black music, and it's really good stuff. Um, big, sexy, and second. Any, any, what's going on with you? Any last words? Man, I am gearing up to take over in 2013. I'm saying it now. There will be a new world order, and it will be because of me. That's right. I said it. I'm taking over the world. It starts in January. In July, I fly out to D.C. and do my NFL certification exam. Then I get certified NBA, and then I become rich first. Then I become wealthy. That's right. But don't forget your boy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Where I go, the team goes. That's that good. Wow, man. It sound like you got some big plans and you <clears throat> moving forward. So I'm ready to go. go. All right. Love it. All oh, right. Yeah, I got, I'm, I'm going, I've got some new music I'm going to be dropping wow. pretty soon. Uh, putting the finishing touches on some tracks. The album project is called Abstractions. Oh. And it'll, it'll probably be out sometime in your... All right, we're looking out for that for sure. Rocker, any last words for yourself, sir? Yeah, basically, I'm going to get back into uh, my workout regimen. I started to, uh, I stopped doing it once I injured my injured my arm, but but uh, in 2013, I'm a, I'm going to start, I'm going to slim down a little bit. I'm going to, you know, get fit and trim, and I'm going to keep on playing my bass and, and my message to Mr. Nelson 
you're only in your mid-50s. You keep making music. You're not that old. Sometimes it seems like he just, you know, he's just resting on his laurels when, you know, there's much more music to be made. All right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, 2013, I'm going to add more girth. (laughs) I ain't touching that, man. That's right. So get ready. The sickness. (laughs) And with that, we're going to continue out of here. You're listening to podcastjuice.net. 30 days of podcasting, day four. I got to do it every day. I don't know what sometimes the hell I'm going to do, but we'll figure it out. So we'll check you guys out next time. I'll check you out tomorrow. All right. Peace.